Welcome to the Divorce Recovery Podcast. My name is India Kern. My intention is to encourage and guide you through the valley of divorce. It doesn't matter what stage you are in because we all need a little help navigating the road from married to divorced. I've been there and I know how it is. So sit tight, listen up, and enjoy the podcast. Today, we will be discussing real estate and divorce. I have two expert guests, Bob Flynn and Bobby Flynn Jr., who are going to bring clarity around real estate issues that can be complicated during divorce. They are a father and son real estate team focused on helping divorcing couples make the best decisions regarding their joint property, like the family home. Bobby has an MBA with a focus in real estate from Michigan, has bought, rehabbed, and sold dozens of San Diego homes, and has invested throughout the country in real estate for himself and investors. Bob Sr. brings decades of experience as a lawyer and a mediator. They own and operate Fairway Residential in San Diego. So welcome, Bob Sr. and Bobby, to the Divorce Recovery Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Cindy. So as you know, divorce is already incredibly difficult, and then to make the decision to keep or sell the house just piles on the stress to an already stressful situation. So let's begin by unpacking what can be a complicated issue. So from your experience, what are the key considerations divorcing couples should think about regarding their joint real estate with the overall question being, should I sell? So probably these uh, questions fall into should you sell and when. And uh, to get there, there, you have to kind of analyze it. Um, there are reasons to keep it, Bob. What are they? Sure. So when I think about reasons to keep a home within the context of the divorce, mm-hmm. I can break them into two different categories. And in fact, I can break down the reasons to sell your home into two categories as well. They're really financial decisions or personal decisions. Mm -hmm. So a financial reason to keep your home might be, let me make up hypothetical circumstance. Let's imagine you have a divorcing couple with four children and um, you live in Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. And you may choose to keep your home within the context of the divorce because you want your children to stay in the same school system right. and you want to see them graduate, whatever the benchmark might be, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, that would be a shared educational goal that you and your divorcing spouse have. Mm-hmm. And under other circumstances, perhaps you could sell the home and move into a rental, but with a larger family in this example, it might be hard. Right. Um, similarly, Sometimes people, couples will decide to keep their home within the context of a divorce because there's a social network there mm-hmm. that they feel like they would lose if they lived in another neighborhood. Right. So these are reasonable considerations. Um, and I think the more a divorcing couple can focus on their shared goals that they had for their family when they were together, mm-hmm. the easier it is to try, to at least try to think about these issues in, in logical terms. Right. Right, of course. Tell us some reasons. Like, So you talked about reasons to keep it. Now let's talk about like reasons to sell it. Tell me some information about that. So um, it's, it's re- your reasons to sell are largely the same topics as right. your reasons to stay in the mm-hmm. house um, with some additions. So, again, financial and personal uh, issues are, are implicated. It's easy to stay in the house if there's no financial worry. Mm-hmm. So 
couples that are flush with cash don't right. have to worry about it. And the decision to sell is really easy if people don't have cash and they need the equity in the home to move on mm-hmm. and divide and, and get going. Um, the reasons to sell the property, if, if one way of looking at it is your kids, you want to keep them in that school system mm-hmm. and all that, at the same time, you may want to move on. Right. These are not real estate person questions. These are somebody else in the process Like questions. starting fresh, right? Starting mm-hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. I'm personally a big believer in cutting losses and starting fresh right. in everything. And in a sense, it's true in the case of divorce. Uh-huh. Um, but um, So they may need the cash to divide, but things people have to anticipate, too, are credit issues. So uh-huh. if one spouse stays in the home and the other spouse is... Um, in, in effect, paying for part of it or involved in it or maintains an ownership, either spouse's credit issues can affect the other spouse um, and the home. Mm-hmm. So a, a judgment creditor could attach the property. And like a lien? A lien. Can you unpack that a little bit? Because I don't quite understand how that works. So uh, if there's a, a civil litigation against anybody, uh-huh. Uh, it would, after a jury verdict or a trial mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a judge, result in a, a judgment, and then a lien can be imposed. An attachment is another word for it. Right. But you could have a mechanics lien where somebody's doing work and uh-huh. there's a dispute. So if the spouse who's not in the house has a problem like that, and but he's on or she's on the house right. title. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> Similarly, however, the uh, credit activities of the spouse in the house can affect the credit of the other spouse. So these are the ties that tie people together, perhaps unnecessarily. Right, right. So, an IRS lien could come into the picture an at IRS any point. An IRS lien is yeah. a classic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Wow. Um, maintaining the house is another big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, who, it, think it, it can lead to disputes. It can mm-hmm. lead to poor maintenance. And um, no, none of these things are... Critic, I mean, in and of themselves, uh, but they all have to be taken into consideration. Of course, of course. So, what about when to sell? Like in the divorce process, is there a like when do you suggest selling the house if they decide to do that? I know I'm a realtor, so and I'm in the business of selling houses. Right, and Bob is too, but uh, so and I've already expressed my idea that things should be decisive, but. When is um, when you've made that determination really that you shouldn't stay in the house, mm-hmm. that it should be liquidated? It's easy if you need the equity. And sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a tax consideration that mm-hmm. uh, anybody involved in this should check with their own CPA about, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a $500,000 exemption in effect from uh, taxable income for mm-hmm. the gain on your home under certain circumstances, it can be lost. It can be lost to the spouse who moves out of the home, too, oh. because of different rules. Okay. So uh, it may be if there's, the, there's enough equity, really important to sell it during marriage rather than more than a couple of years after marriage. Right. That's what I was wondering, yeah. if you do it during that process, before yeah. you're legally divorced. Much, much better to have $500,000 tax-free. Right, exactly. That really helps with a fresh start, it, right? It does help with a fresh start. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So another question, does it make sense to hold it jointly with your ex? That's kind of um, the same question. Um, I remember some lawyer giving a lecture one time on different kind of joint uh, activities, joint trusts, and uh-huh. stay, out, stay out of expensive joints is uh, what the theme of that <laughs> right, was. And right. So here, um, everything gets cleaned up if people can move on. Right. Um, selling the property sooner rather than later helps them move on, but they may need to stay there. And they may need to keep a joint property for a while because of children or it could be, uh, Bob mentioned uh, the situation where uh, you want them in the neighborhood because of the kids in the right. schools. Mm-hmm. But you could have seniors mm-hmm. who, um, one of them's handicapped of, of, in some way and needs the condo as fitted out Right, for right, of course. So um, everything's very dependent. Real estate agents can do three things to help. Uh-huh. But all the big issues and are f- for other people, for right. the lawyers, the um, uh, financial advisors, and things mm-hmm. like that. And what are the three things we can do, Bob? Well, b- before I get into that, I would just advocate, we feel like as realtors that specialize in divorces, we need to communicate not only with both spouses, sometimes mm-hmm. individually, but right. with many of the people that are helping them make these decisions. So. Mm-hmm. As early as possible, we try to be engaged in conversations with them, with CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, Mm -hmm. to help parse these different issues that we're breaking down. Right. And it helps, Bob Sr., that you were a mediator and a, or you still are, Uh, a a mediator and a lawyer. So you have that experience behind you. Does that come in handy? It comes in very handy because... um, Hard to believe. You don't think of lawyers as patient, but mediators are. <laughs> mediators are very patient. And it's a learned uh, tool. Right, and, right. And we try to keep, both of us do try to keep everybody on track. Mm-hmm. And we stay on our side of the field. Right. We're just doing one little job. This is a big situation for the couple and the family. And uh, what we try to do at the outset is provide uh, a service that would include giving the parties a really sound uh, market analysis Mm -hmm. so they know what the property's worth right and uh, our view of where the market is and what they could get and Mm -hmm. a net sheet too which gives them after expenses what that equity would be Mm -hmm. and then they take it to their lawyers and their financial advisors and and make their own decisions. decisions right right can you tell us what are some mistakes to avoid uh, with respect to selling your home within the context of a divorce? Yes. I can tell you this. We we will sometimes list property for sellers where they want to hire, they've chosen to hire us even if we don't have a personal relationship, mm-hmm. perhaps because we don't have a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a shared understanding that our goal is to help both of them sell their house for as much money as possible. Right. And we're not the friend of one party versus the other. Right. Right. In terms of common mistakes, it's really pivotal that a realtor establish from the outset the best means to communicate with both parties because we've had clients going through a divorce where on a weekly basis we'll get on a conference call with both of them Uh and provide them with an update. But we have other clients where the divorce is perhaps so litigious and contested that we're basically flipping a coin to decide who to call first with updates and questions as we work through and negotiations. And are they on the same page? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, That's got to be super tough. I, I, I think the third mistake is, though there might be um, a difficult situation in the background, making sure that we shield the public from what's going on with our clients. Right. We never want buyers, agents, or buyers to have any sense at all that we're nothing but a united front. So it's our job to present that united front and to represent our clients as very strong sellers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's amazing how often uh, you can look in the MLS and see a listing mm -hmm. that says uh, getting divorced, uh, need to sell. Oh, do they say that? Oh, it's Occasionally. Brilliant. Highly motivated. Now, highly would motivated. you recommend saying that? No. <laughs> Never. Under no. Any no, why? Why? Be, well, first of all, it's the privacy of the individual. Right. It doesn't have the whole point to, for example, mediating and resolving disputes outside mm -hmm. of court, too, which is a part of sometimes the problem, is to maintain your privacy. Right. Your confidentiality. But it really impacts price. So if the goal of the real estate agent is to achieve the best dollar result as realistically quickly as possible, then to tell people that, uh, hey, they really have to sell. That's like saying, oh, took a job in Nebraska, has to get there. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, Bring any offer. You, you know, right, exactly. That, that, so you, you want real estate agents who are comfortable with the entire process mm -hmm. legally and also comfortable with the idea of confidentiality and privacy, like Bob said. And, mm -hmm. and um, otherwise, it's malpractice. Right, <laughs> it right, is. of course. Of course, well, that makes sense. Sometimes you don't have to put it in writing, but, you know, a lot of real estate agents have open houses and mm -hmm. properties. And so what's going on here? Or the conversations. Good buyer's agents will call the seller's agent, mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll, they'll push to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it's like talking to Granite with us. You, right, you, right. You'll never, well, they're moving on to. Uh, it's the right time in their life to sell. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. They love the house. What do you think of the house? Mm. Change the question. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So what can you leave the listeners with, a takeaway? Well, I think the biggest takeaway is if you're interviewing a realtor um, within the context of a divorce, you want to listen really carefully about how the realtor is going to communicate with you mm -hmm. and with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And if that communication style is going to be customized to the circumstances of your divorce. I think perhaps what most realtors are not prepared for is that um, – the, the work involved in helping someone sell a home within the context of a divorce is really amplified mm -hmm. because everything ends up, oftentimes everything ends up getting negotiated out multiple times, not only with the buyer, but also between the spouses. Right. That's right. a good point. Right. They can agree at some point. Uh, sometimes we're brought in so early that they haven't agreed to sell the house because there's other things going on, like could be with mm -hmm. children too. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it, 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 but at some point when they agree to sell the house, nothing should be done that would negatively impact their common goal. Right, and, right, uh, of course. As, at least as they express it, but it happens. So you have to keep going back and forth. And of course. You have to have patience. Patience, that's <laughs> it. That is it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. I also want the listeners to know how to get in touch with you, so please share that information. So our uh, website is fairwayresidential.com, and uh, you can always reach uh, either one of us at bob at fairwayresidential.com. Okay. Uh, and the direct phone is 858-775-3079. And uh, 
thank you very much for doing the work you're doing for people of facing course, these situations. Of course. Well, again, thank you. And um, I know this can be difficult for everyone involved. So it seems to be like you are both doing a great job at mediating and getting this real estate, this very complicated situation. You're somewhat bringing some clarity and uh, simplifying it. So again, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. And all their information will be on my webpage and on the podcast page. So if you didn't get it now, just look there and you'll find all their information. So thanks for listening in and have a beautiful day.